0: Enjoy the message.
1: Last week, we started a series that we've titled Breathe Easy. And in this series, we're talking about relieving some tension from our lives, making our lives healthier, making our lives more manageable, making our lives more enjoyable. And if you were here last week, uh, I, we used a rubber band as an illustration, right? And we said, what happens when you take a rubber band and you stretch it and you keep it stretched? Well, eventually it'll rip or it will lose its elasticity. It will lose its purpose. Well, in our life, there's gonna be times when tension is unavoidable. Tension is just part of life. But we cannot constantly live a life full of tension where we're constantly stretched out, where we're constantly stressing, where we're constantly running on empty. We need to to be able to bring life into our lives. So what we're doing is that we're talking about five areas where we need to relieve some tension, be able to make better choices, be able to bring some health into those areas. Because whenever there's health, there's less tension, right? Last week, we talked about our social life. And we said that the friends that we choose greatly impact our life. Show me who your friends are and I will show you who you are, right? And we spoke about the kind of friends to avoid, but also the type of friends, the type of friend not to be. Well, today, we wanna talk about the second area. And the second area is your mind. When it comes to relieving stress from your life, your mind matters. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Not again. I like to ask a lot of questions, not to make you feel guilty, but to get you thinking, to get you to reflect. Right? Um, I'm a little hot too, uh, Terry. So I'm glad. There we go. Somebody's gonna turn that down. Thank you so much. Um, let me ask you a couple of questions just to go into this message. How healthy is your mind? How healthy are you up here? Let me ask you another question. How well do you take care of your mind? What do you do that helps you stay mentally healthy and mentally sharp? Because here's the thing. Your mind matters greatly. When we think about stress, when we think about tension, when we think about that we're always running on empty, we hardly ever think about what's going on up here. We normally think about what's going on around us. We normally think about what we're doing, but we don't take time to think, well, could it be that something is not healthy in my mind? Last week, I told you, show me your friends and I will show you who you are. Well, let me give you another saying this week. And here's a saying, and I'm sure you've heard this saying, What you think greatly affects the way you feel. The things that we think affect the way we feel, right? If you start having negative thoughts, you're gonna start feeling what? Negative. If you start having romantic thoughts, you're gonna start feeling what? Romantic. Because what you think greatly affects how you feel. Now, most of us are familiar with this saying, but not many people are familiar with the second part of this saying, and here's what the second part says. The way you feel greatly affects your behavior. Can we go, there we go. The way you feel greatly affects your behavior. If you're feeling negative, you're going to do negative stuff. If you're feeling happy, you're going to do happy stuff. Now, How we act is influenced by how we feel, but how we feel is influenced by what we think. And that is the reason why your mind greatly matters. If we want to bring health into our life, if we want to bring, release tension in our life, we have to address our mind. Romans 12:2 it's not in your outline but I think they'll put it up here Romans 12: 2 it's a very known passage right and Paul tells us do not conform to the patterns of this world in other words, don't behave like the people in this world. don't do the things that the people in this world do he says instead be transformed in other words be changed how how? By putting passwords on your computer? How? By putting alarm clocks? How? No, by the transformation or the renewal of your mind. Because if up here we're healthy, if we make changes up here, then the changes will happen here and will also happen in our behavior. You wanna know how much your mind matters? You wanna know how important your mind is? I would dare to say, and I wanna admit, leave room to say that I could be wrong, but I believe that your mind and my mind is the greatest battlefield of the enemy. The number one place where the enemy attacks us is up here. The great place where he fights you, the one place where he's constantly fighting you, the one place where he's always attacking you, the one place that he's looking out for space to be able to have his way, it's in your mind. Because if he could get to your mind, he could rob you of your joy. He could rob you of your peace. He could rob you of your purpose. He could rob you of your health. So our mind greatly matters. That's why God tells us that when it comes to our mind, that when it comes to our thinking, that we are to grow, that we are to develop it, that we are to nurture it. Look at what 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty says right there in your outlines. It says, Brothers and sisters, Do not be children in what? In your thinking. In other words, innocence is good, but when it comes to your thinking, it's not. We are to grow. We are to develop. We are to mature. We are to strengthen our mind. We are to strengthen our thinking. He says, yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be what? Mature. Listen, our mind is a wonderful gift from God. And we are to nurture it. We are to protect it. We are to care for it. And we are to watch over it because our mind matters. Now, how do we nurture our mind? How do we protect our mind? How do we develop our mind? Well, let me give you three ways to do that. And you can fill that out in your outline. Number one, to cultivate your mind, the first thing that we can do It's to control the access of your mind. If you want a healthy mind, you have to control what enters your mind, okay? Look at what the Bible says in 1 Peter 1.13. It says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise what? Self-control. Question, how do we prepare our minds? How? Well, let me ask you a different question. How do you prepare yourself for a marathon or a race or some kind of sport activity? How? How do you prepare yourself to buy a home? How do you prepare yourself to to apply into an education or to go into a career? I'll tell you how you prepare yourself with discipline. You can't do any of those things without discipline. And when it comes to controlling your mind, we need discipline. Discipline for what? Discipline to control what comes into our mind and what abides in our mind. Look at what the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. He says, we break down every thought and proud thing that puts itself up against the wisdom of God. Look at this. We take hold of every thought and make it obey what? Right. Christ. Paul warns us that there's certain things that should not abide, that should not live, that should not even enter our minds. So, so here's the question. Are you controlling? Are you intentional? Are you careful? Are you mindful of what comes into your mind? The kind of stuff that enters it the kind of stuff that lives there. Are you careful? Because here's the thing, what you allow in your mind will eventually come out in your life. Did you know that? What you allow into your mind eventually makes its way out in your behavior. So the first thing that we do to nurture our mind is that we have to be in control. We have to be mindful, we have to be careful, we have to be intentional about the kind of things that enter our mind. Now, let me give you four things that tend to fill your mind, okay? I'll give you two negatives, and I'll give you two positive ones. And then I want to ask you to do something. As we're going through them, okay, without peeking at your neighbor, put a check over the ones that f- tend to fill your mind. If, if, if there was like some kind of telescope or microscope to look into your mind, Which of these would we find in there? And be honest with yourself, okay? You're in church. You shouldn't lie anywhere, but especially in church, okay? So four things that can fill your mind. Here's the first one. The first one's really easy. The first thing that can fill your mind is trash. And there is more trash in our day than there's ever been. Pastor Nestor, what's trash? Well, I'll give you some... Some examples, violence is trash. Guys, pornography is trash. Gossip is trash. Perverted shows are trash. Blasphemous things like songs or or poetry or art is trash. Anything that doesn't honor God, anything that isn't pure in the eyes of God, it's trash. And if you fill your mind with trash, get what's going to come out of your life. Yeah. Trash. You produce what you receive. Look at what Romans sixteen nineteen tells us. He says, I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of what? Of any wrong. Psalm 101 verse three says, I will refuse to look at anything vile and what? vulgar. There is so much trash in our days. And can I tell you something? I am, and call me an extremist if you want, I am offended by by how low the standards Christians have when it comes to trash in our lives. It's sad. And we wonder why we're more depressed, and we wonder why we're more stressed, and we wonder why there's more infidelity, and we wonder why there's more junk happening. Well, could it be because we're not controlling the trash that comes into our mind? Number two, here's a second negative thing. And it may not feel negative, but but it can be, especially in our days. The second thing that can fill your mind is leisure or pastime, or free time, or, or hobbies, however you want to see that. Now, these things are not necessarily bad. They're not necessarily bad, okay? In fact, some of it is good. You need to have some leisures. You need to have some things that bring you joy, things that disconnect you, okay? But too much of it is bad because these things, while are not necessarily bad. They're not helpful. Can I give you two big ones? Social media and video games. Not bad. But how do they help you? In fact, but if you're a parent, by now you should know that there's plenty of studies that indicate that social media affects the self-esteem of our kids greatly. That's why you're a parent and I respect your parent decisions. But one of the things my wife and I have decided is that our kids are not getting a phone and we're going to delay it as much as possible. Because, because we are looking at all these studies and by the way, Christians aren't even making these studies. It's social, it's a a secular world. They're discovering that when kids have access to social media, it affects their behavior, it affects their self-esteem, it affects their mental health. Because it, in its essence, it may not be bad, but it's not beneficial. Look at what 1 Corinthians 10, 23 says. It says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are what? helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things what? Edify. So there are things that are not bad, but they're just not necessarily sinful. Let me say it that way. They're not necessarily sinful, but they're just not good for you. They're not. So let me give you two good ones. Those are the two bad ones. Let me give you two good ones. The third thing that can fill your mind, and the first good thing, it's what I'm going to call brain food. Brain food. Now, what's brain food? Brain food is anything that inspires you, teaches you, and helps you to grow. Anything that inspires you, teaches you, or helps you to grow brain food are things that increase your knowledge that improve your skills things that make you a better person can i give you a confession i've been watching 60 minutes a lot and you know why i like it because it's very informative i've learned so many things that otherwise if i just watch regular tv I, w- I wouldn't be able to I love listening to podcasts. I'm always discovering new podcasts. Anything that stimulates your brain in a good way, that challenges you. Some of you are like, no, I don't like listening to that because they use words that I don't understand. Well, what if you learn them? Brain food, are you? Brain food are those things that that ultimately help us to be a better person. Look at what Philippians 4.8 says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is adm- admirable, if anything is excellence or praiseworthy, look at what he says. Think about what? Such things. You know, instead of uh, pondering whether your partner is being unfaithful to you, what if you ponder how you could be more loving to them? Trash brain food, right? Instead of pondering, instead of complaining about all the evil that's going on, what if you spend time thinking, Lord, how can I make a difference? Here's the fourth thing, and I think it's the most important one. The fourth thing that can fill your mind, it's God's word. In fact, nothing will protect, develop, and safe keep your mind like God's word. Nothing. God's word is, is so key, not just to our mental health, but to our lives. When God's word fills your mind, let me tell you, your life is gonna be different. Look at look at what Joshua 1.8 says. You may be familiar with this verse if you've been in church long enough. But look at what it says. This is God speaking to Joshua and he tells him, this book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it, what? Day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will achieve what? Success. God's word is the key to success. Why is God's word the key to success? Because God's words are God's instructions, God's direction. If you have your bulletin, I don't have them with me, but if you have your bulletin, I want you to look at the back part of it. Look at the back part of it. In the back, at the very top. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but every Sunday we put a memory verse. And I want to challenge you. Cut that part off. Put it in your wallet or take a picture and make it your wallpaper. Memorize God's word. What if we memorize one verse per week? At the end of one year, we would know 52 different verses. And you know what? When the enemy attacked us or when we were tempted to feel negative or think negative, we could go to those verses because we have them in our mind to be able to say, no, this is what God's word says. This is how to, what I feel, this is what I think, but this is what God's word says and that is what I'm going to choose. And every time we choose God's word, we are choosing success. Amen, so number one, how do we nurture our mind? By controlling What has access to our mind? So what fills your mind? Is it trash? Are you full of binge-watching shows? Are you full of useless stuff that isn't necessarily sinful, but it's not helpful? Are you feeding your mind soul food? Are you feeding your mind God's word? You know, and if you say, Pastor, I want to read God's word, but I just can't understand it. Well, you're reading the wrong version. You're, you're blessed to live in a time where there's so many versions. Find one that you do understand. And if you don't understand, then find a picture one and memorize that. That was a joke. Number two, the second way that we cultivate our mind is by developing a learning attitude. By developing a learning attitude. Your attitude greatly influences your mind. And we need to have an attitude that is one of not that I know it all, right? And as Hispanics, that's kind of in our culture, in our, right? It's natural. It's like, we think that because we're 50, we already know it all, right? Um, And it's more pride than anything else. And when there's pride in us, listen, whenever our attitude is one of pride, We shut ourselves off and we actually do harm to ourselves. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 19.8. It says, to acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will what? Will prosper. Listen, the learning, the learning that we should do, it shouldn't just be in a classroom. Life can be a journey about learning. We can learn from everybody. I, I I believe, I believe that no matter who you are, you have somebody, something to teach somebody. You can either teach them the right thing to do because you did it, or you can teach them the wrong thing not to do because you did it but everybody's got something to teach others, and we have something to learn from other people. But in order to do that, we need to have the right attitude, and we need to have an attitude that says, I want to learn. So let me give you three attitudes to help you develop an attitude of learning. The first attitude that helps you to keep learning is an attitude of openness. It's an attitude that says I want to learn more. I can there's more that I don't know. There's more that I can obtain. Proverbs 18:15 says the following. It says intelligent people are always ready to what? To learn. You want to be intelligent? You want to be wise? Be ready to learn. Be open to learn. Their ears are open for what? For knowledge. I know not everybody in here is Hispanic, but let me talk to the Hispanics of us because that's my culture and that's that's what I know, right? Sometimes we have family members that know what they're doing, but because we don't like them, we close ourselves off to them. Oh, it's because she said I look fat in that dress. You know? And listen, when you let pride get in the way, it's gonna keep you from learning. And if you're not learning, let me put it to you very simple. If you're not learning, you're not growing. And you know the thing about not growing is that you don't stay where you are. You start to decrease, you start to get worse. Because as things develop, you stay behind and you fall back and fall back. So the first attitude that helps us to have an attitude of learning is an attitude of no openness, is an attitude that says, there's something that I can learn, there's something that I can take. Listen, there isn't a Sunday that you can come where God can teach you something new, whether it is by me or one of the other pastors. But there is always something you can learn if you have an attitude of openness. If you say, oh, today Pastor Manolo's preaching, I'm not gonna learn anything. You're not gonna learn anything. Not because he's not good. No, no, listen to me. I'm not picking on him. I'm not picking on him. Not because he's not good, but because you're closed. You've shut yourself down. Which, by the way, Can I please ask you, don't tell me, Pastor, if you're not going to be there, I don't like going. That is one of the worst things you could tell me because that tells me that you're here for me and I don't want you to be here for me. I want you to be here for Jesus. Did you know that when I'm not here, Jesus is still here? So what's going to happen if the Lord takes me? You're going to give up on Christianity? Please no, right? Right. So an attitude of openness. So regardless of who preaches, who's teaching, there's always something that we can learn if we're willing, right? Number two, the second attitude that helps you keep learning is an attitude of humility, right? And right kind of alluded to that, right? The opposite of humility is what? Pride. Oh, there's nothing you can teach me. There's nothing, I'm older than you. I've ran the streets longer than you have. No, an attitude of humility will help you to learn. Proverbs 11, two says the following. It says, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes what? Wisdom, wisdom. Listen, you've heard me say this. If you've asked me questions, you've heard me say this. I don't know. I don't know. There's some things that I don't know and I don't make them up. If I have an idea, I'll be like, well, I have to study that a little bit deeper. But if I had to give you an answer, here's what I would say. It's okay to say, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I don't know. There's smarter people in this room than I am. Then why are you preaching, pastor? Because God called me to preach and this is my role. Right? But if we allow pride to get in the way, we won't learn. I don't know if you've ever heard the following quote by Winston Churchill, but he said the following, and I think it's so true. He said, I am always ready to learn, although I do not always like being taught. Right? Number three, the third attitude that keeps you learning is an attitude, an attitude of enthusiasm. It's an attitude of enthusiasm. Look at what Colossians 3.23 says. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Learning can be hard, but it shouldn't be miserable. Did you hear that? Learning can be hard, but it shouldn't be miserable. Your attitude greatly influences that. Look, I learned this trick a while back. If you say, I have to go work out today, it's negative. You drag yourself. But if you say, I'm going to go work out today, that changes your attitude. It, it impacts how you feel. It impacts uh, how you think. Um, we homeschool our kids, right? We, we homeschool our kids. We've been homeschooling them, I believe, for almost two years. And uh, Lorena's doing a great job with them. And uh, one of the things that I noticed is that when they would get up, they would stay in their pajamas, get breakfast, take their blanket, and then go into the homeschool room and begin their homeschool. And I told Arena, I, I go. I think we need to change that, because if you're in your in your pajamas, you still have a sleeping a uh, 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 in bed attitude. But if you have them change because they're transitioning from being in bed to now learning, that's going to affect their attitude. So we don't allow blankets or pillows in the homeschool anymore, and they got to change out of their pajamas because your attitude impacts your ability to learn. Right, Learn to see the fun in what you're doing. Um, you guys know I love running. One of, one of the things that the coach in the app that I used to run says a lot, he says, if you're not having fun while you're running, you're doing it wrong. And some of you are like, well, that's why I don't run. <laughs> right? He says, "Smile, you know, especially on the long runs, like on the on the runs that are like 15 miles, 20 miles." He says, "Smile, smile as you're running. Inside, you may be feeling tired, but smile." And you know what? It does make a difference. Try it. Maybe today in this evening, go for a run and put a smile in your face, and maybe you'll run a mile, right? So, number three, number three. So, so right, uh, so. How do we uh, nurture our mind by controlling what enters our mind, and and second, by developing a learning attitude. The third thing uh, that we can do to cultivate our mind, and I'll get ready to finish with this, is by feeding our mind. We got to feed our mind. Listen, why do we have to feed our mind? Well, because filling our mind with good stuff doesn't come automatic. Have you noticed that? You know what? You know what? Girls. Without water, weeds. Grass takes work. Grass takes care. What grows without any attention is weeds. It's negative stuff. So if we want to, if we want our mind to be healthy, if we want our mind to be growing, we need to feed it. We need to be intentional about what we put into it. Look at what Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. How do you feed your mind? Let me give you four quick ones and I'll be done. Number one by making time to think. Make time to think. If you have an Apple Watch or an iPhone, you have a wonderful app called Breathe. Use it. It forces you to stop and just think for a minute. You know we would make better choices if we would just stop to think? What if in the morning, instead of just rushing to work, as the car warms up, and I know nobody does that anymore, you just took two minutes to think about your day. Think about what's coming ahead of you. What if before you went into a meeting, you took a few minutes to think? What if before you went to bed, instead of watching non nonsense shows, you took a minute to think about your day? When you think, you're able to reflect, you're able to process the choices, the things that happen to you, and you're able to make better decisions and avoid the foolish ones. So how do you feed your mind? By making time to think. I saw this funny thing. It says, someone said the 5% of people in the world think deeply. 20% think they think. And 75% of people will rather die than think. Don't be that 75 and don't be that 20. Let's be that 5%. Make time to think. Second, how do you feed your mind? You're going to hate this one by making time to read. You got to read. Nothing develops your mind like reading. Pick up a good book. Pick up a good book, pick up a new uh a article. Listen, when you read, you have better ideas. You want to know something? When you read, you become a more interesting person. When you read, you become a more educated person, you become a better person pick up a book and make time to read. People say, oh, I just don't have time to read. Well, you don't find time, you make time, right? Third, third, to feed your mind, spend time time with wise people or make time to be with wise people. Wise people will show you things that otherwise can take you a long time to learn. Wise people will amplify your thinking. Wise people will build you up. Wise people will show you the secrets of life. Wise people will give you knowledge and wisdom. So here's a question for you. Who do you have around you that's wise? Who do you have around you that you could go to and say, hey, what do you think about this financial decision? Hey, what do you think about this career move? Spend time with wise people. And if you don't have any wise friends, you need new friends. Okay, you need to listen to last Sunday sermon and then last but not least to feed your mind ask good questions ask good questions ask good questions learn to ask good questions whenever whenever I get a chance and if you're interested I can share this list with you I have a note on my phone where when I get a chance to be around people that are where I want to be or have accomplished something that I want to accomplish, and I get a chance to talk to them, I have a list of questions that I always ask them. I'll tell you some of them. I ask them, what has been your biggest failure that you've learned from? What was one fear that was holding you back that you overcame? What book, What good books have you read that I should read? What habits have formed you? When you ask good questions, you'll get good answers, right? Right? And it'll help you to learn. It'll help you to be a better person. If you're always asking, how'd the Raiders do? You know they always lost. You're not going to gain anything. Oh I'm joking. I'm joking. If you're a Raider fan, we're praying for you. Amen? We're praying for you. So let me end this way. How's your mind? How's your mind? Is it healthy? Is it tense? Is it stressed? Well, are you controlling what goes into your mind? Do you have an attitude of learning? And are you feeding your mind? If you're not, you have a place to start. Not this week, today. Today, maybe on your way here, you go to the bookstore and you pick up a good book. Maybe on your way home, you think of that wise person that you know you need to make that connection and you say, hey, can we go out for a coffee? Maybe today, You say, I'm starting a reading plan, and I'm gonna read my Bible every day, and I'm gonna feed my mind God's word.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing.